every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. Matthew 12.25 Division, deception, misinformation, mistrust. In a nation where so many in the faith are wondering how we got here, and many question if there's any way to reconcile, we bring you a space designed to ensure that truth reclaims the fringes, open, honest, and real. No filter. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is out of bounds. This is Two Americas, One God. Was the baton ever passed from MLK? What would he say slash think about everything that's happened these last four to five years? Mm, cool. Uh, Jordan, you have a probably a better handle uh, uh, and finger on the pulse of the leaders in the black community that have spawned post MLK. Because, I mean, I would, just from my point of view, I don't think that baton was ever passed fully. Um, not, not to, at least not with the impact that MLK had. Um, right. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me say this. Um, was it ever passed? I don't think that, uh, MLK, uh, ever had the baton by himself. Mm -hmm. Um, was he the most noted individual of the civil rights movement? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, but let's not forget, you know, uh, the Elijah Cummingses, uh, you know, the, um, the, the Johns, um, of course I would forget the, his last the, name the, in this moment. <laughs> the Hamptons, the, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the Malcolm X's. The, well, yeah. I mean, and, and even I was going to say, I'm, I'm thinking just more so the, the lane of, of the understanding of, of, of government mm. and, and our faith, but gotcha. yeah, no, okay. beyond a shadow of a doubt, let's, let's not forget those individuals as well. And then let's not forget all of the people who, you know, um, the, the leaders that came even before them, you know, Frederick Douglass was crying. Oh yeah. This is, this is, this is, this is one of those things where I see what they're saying here. The question is basically, we don't really have a face, uh, for, for civil rights and things now. Um, right. And I think that's a, a bad thing and a good thing in a sense. Um, uh, when, when when the when the last ones whoever you want to call them uh, passed and went on to glory from that time, uh, nobody else really popped up. And instead, what we did was we we produced team, we produced family. You know, um, say what you want about them, but BLM got this conversation off to a great start. It doesn't have to end with them, right? Um, right. Uh, and they don't have to continue it either. Let let's be fair, uh, because you know, unfortunately, people are who they are, and and things got found out. Um, uh, but it doesn't mean that the statement itself doesn't still carry the spirit of what needs to be heard. Right. And, and so I don't know. I mean, the, the, I want to stay on track with the actual question here. MLK, what would he say now? Probably a lot of cuss words. <laughs> um, I, I think at the same time though, he would have said the same thing that we all said, which is that 2020 hit different. Yeah. Uh, 2020. Yeah. Uh, you saw, 
uh, an uptick, a, a, a resurgence, a surgence, really, of a lot of Caucasian brothers and sisters, a lot of brothers and sisters of, of, of other colors uh, coming and standing with us on a global level. Which um, was MLK's primary message. Like, we have to do it together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole piece. I think Beloved yeah. Community would have really made him proud because that was what beloved community was represented as. This is all of these different people from these different backgrounds. And not just that, but let's remember also, though, King wasn't just about that. He had a big three, and I'll just park on the other one as well, one of the other ones, which was poverty. And I secretly believe, right. not secretly, but I really believe that poverty was the one that kind of got him killed. Um, yeah, because now, you, now you're messing with people's money. <laughs> yeah, as I say, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, um, but you know, I think that really what we're dealing with in the in the past four or five years um, is just, I think that it's it's the the ball continually being rolled up the hill. So he'd have he'd have hope for that. Yeah, um, but then to see, let's just take this from this one angle specifically, and this is the one that I think all white people love and hate, depending on what side you're on. Uh, the letter from the Birmingham prison, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like I'm looking at all these pastors, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That um, would have said that they are for racial conciliation or reconciliation, how you look at it. Um, but then immediately open up their mouth and say, well, you know, I've got a problem with this CRT thing or something and just not even bother asking questions, just kind of hearing what you heard and automatically making assumptions about certain things. I think that, he would probably go scorched earth in a new letter from Abraham, um, uh, from an Alabama prison <laughs> right, right. <laughs> on, on something right. like that. From I mean, Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I think it would, it would be a different, um, I think he would probably, I mean, it would, I really feel like everything that he felt would probably just be elevated. I really feel like that's what it would be in this moment. Um, when he would, if he were around to actually see what's happening, because there was never a greater sense of hope. Right. And to be honest with you, I think that there was never a greater sense of letdown than what happened pretty much at the end of 2020. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I think he would have been encouraged at times. I mean, it's, it's been shared before. I kind of started my journey in understanding truly how, how much the racial divide in this country still existed back in, you know, 17, 18. And so it was discouragement and then encouragement and excitement. And then right back to discouragement over the last, you know, year and a half or so. And I think that the, the question's important because I do think that while many people have contributed to where we're at today and how things have maybe progressed or how things have been, you know, uh, how some people's eyes have been opened, you know, you look at, at Kaepernick or, you know, different people like that. But the problem is, is we don't really have the social leader who is spearheading and kind of helping navigate some of these things. And he was so dynamic in that because so much of what he says was kind of above reproach. Like when you look back and read through his works and and his teachings, it's like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really hard to argue with a lot of that stuff. And because he was kind of at the, the forefront of that and kind of leading the way it allowed for the messaging to be uh, kind of properly (laughs) released and uh, allowed for there to be things that that were somewhat bulletproof. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the issues we're dealing with today is that 
the messaging is coming from multiple sources and they're coming from areas that are not being necessarily spirit led. And so my example is as much as I believe that black lives matter, I also believe that the statement black lives matter is not the best messaging to help people understand what the actual intent behind it is. Because when you can simply add a a comma and T O O you now diffuse a lot of the bullets that are, you know, trying to undermine it. And I'm not saying that those bullets are warranted. What I'm saying is that for people who don't critically think or think beyond themselves, it's easy to go, Oh, well that makes sense. You know, if if you're doing the Tucker Carlson or or Ben Shapiro, let me ask a question, answer it. And then it feels like it's super smart. Well, what, you know, why are they, so they must be saying this. Well, no, they're not. You're just making that up. Yeah. But that's what King did so well. His messaging was kind of above reproach. He would have found a different way to get the same message that might have been less, uh, you know, less a, a, attacked yeah, or, less or aggressive. Yeah, let, yeah less aggressive, whatever scathing, it is. Yeah. And then the, the second one that kind of came out of that was defund the police. I mean, what a stupid message that is, too, because that's so easy to just as opposed to talk about reformation or talk about, you know, whatever it may be, because truly the 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 intent behind that was in a lot of cases, it was also look, the police have been asked to do way too much. And if yeah. we can take some of their responsibility as well as some of the resources and find better ways. Cause clearly the way we're doing it is not helping yeah. if we can find new ways. But when you say defund, that basically sounds like a, a an anarchist, you know, check talking point. Yeah. Like he would have having someone who's leading would have helped, I think coming out of what's going on. Um, and so I, I think there'd be kind of a, <laughs> I think we'd be in a different place if he was still here l- managing maybe some of the, <laughs> some of the yeah mm. the messaging but yeah you know I, I can see that but at the same time though i think the messaging um ooh, 15 second unpack i i think that there was intent behind the messaging because there's always been intent behind the messaging i think that uh for example the movie vice um i think that was the first time that i really had a chance to see that some folks are legitimately looking for ways to frame sentences or use language that have people agree with them Oh yeah, without no, and realizing pr- provocation. that they're something that's absolutely yeah. horrible. I think that the same rules applied um, to the nature of everything that was Black Lives Matter. I think that uh, when you say two, um, I agree with it. I also think that from experience, um, some folks really thought that nobody ever thought that their life mattered in the first place. And so they figured that the Black Lives Matter movement would just be uh, the starting point. Um, now I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying by any means. I'm just saying that uh, I think some folks from their own experience have kind of leveled that out a little bit differently. Um, just the same way that we could say that we could talk about privilege and, and some folks realize or not realize that they are 10, 15 steps ahead of folks (laughs) in life out the gate. Uh, Right. Um, right. I think, I think that's probably where that kind of came from. Yeah. They're starting at the 50 meter mark. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. And I, I just, um, yeah, I just I, I just wish that there were ways that uh, we could actually move people to action and change without the need for such uh, such deep provocation. Um, because when you do make a statement like that, it does provoke. It does it does catch the ear. It does make people think. Yeah. Um, the problem is is that provocation ends up provoking mm-hmm. all kinds of people. Yeah, it can be jarring as, as opposed to provocation simply for good or simply for the the cause. It will yeah. also provoke 
against the cause, which is, I mean, that's probably an impossibility. Um, or it could mean <laughs> that, it, you know, the, the guttural sense, the way that it hits, that's, that's always one thing because when people get jarred by something, they're jarred by it and their right. response react is just that. Or it could be something that is uh, actually methodical and premeditated, which unfortunately leads us to other yeah. folks wearing t-shirts that say, White Lives Matter, which falls into oh, our next yeah. question. That's our next which question. is our next question. It's pretty uh, simple. Might be the easiest one to answer. Yeah, um, yeah. Should we just ignore Kanye? As someone who has spent a lot of time on, especially our previous You've version of the podcast. Way too much time on I know, this. I know, but I'm just setting this up. <laughs> as someone who has spent a lot of time talking about Kanye, his, you know, uh, his gospel music, you know, Chick fil A, all that stuff, um, the answer to that is should we just ignore Kanye? Yes. Yep. Okay, next question. All right. Cool. Uh, okay, cool. Um, why Herschel Walker? <laughs> That's all this it says. This was just as fast. Why Herschel right. Walker? Um, well, Jordan, why do you think Herschel Walker? Oh, this one's easy. Yeah. Um, because certain people are living in fear and they want control and power and they think the only way they can do it is to put up a front or put on a face or put on a person uh, to sneak their way back into power. That's good. Uh, I also think it's because one of our other high-profile black running backs was even too toxic for that party. So, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, no comment yeah. at all. Um, um, but yeah. I think these two fold very well into the next question, which also may not be that long either. Um, but this is a very two A one G question, so we want to honor it. it. Do Christians need to break away from, or break away and form their own political party? <sighs> hmm. No, no. And let me tell you why. Um, because when I take a look at our Bible, and we've had this conversation over and over again, um, I see a lot of unity and diversity. Now, this is what you don't hear in those words. I don't see a lot of harmony in unity and diversity in the Bible. I see unity and diversity. Right. Uh, <laughs> translation, uh, they went through some things. We've yeah. already talked about it before. Yeah. Like the 12 disciples are a brilliant example of how people can legitimately probably hate each other's guts and yet somehow be able to be on mission for the proper cause. And as long as they're all on the same mission, the cause and the goals become achieved and accomplished. Right. Now, this question becomes a, a yes if we just remove a couple words. So if we say, do Christians need to break away from their own political party? <laughs> yes, they do. They need to break away from anything that is uh, the, the um, ideological <laughs> mindset of, of something that's created in the world. Um, so they do need to break away from uh, maybe their alignment with a political party as it stands today, but forming their own political party. Look, Christ never ran for mayor of Jerusalem, as far as I know. Um, you know, <laughs> was that a was that a position? Uh, all I'm saying is like Herod like, wants you to think that he's yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> is Christ. Yep. Does he have your kid's best interest oh in mind? Gosh. Yeah, Yo. I could imagine the smear campaigns. So far um, left. But the oh. the fact is, is like Jesus was very political but he was not partied and ideological in, in those cases. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, aligning with Rome. He wasn't aligning with the Gentiles. He wasn't aligning with Jerusalem. He was kind of just speaking truth to all of it. And I think that's where Christians need to be. We need to be much more informed. We need to be much less uh, 
basically one party or, or one uh, one item voters. Um, we need to just be a, a lot more nuanced on how we go about uh, bringing change that is positive and biblical as opposed to uh, simply trying to clamor at what we would think is, you know, religious control, I think is, is the issue there. It's always about control, 100% about yeah. control. And that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to leave that there because we can always do a little bit more of an unpack in that. Yeah. But well, no, and we, we talk, we talk a lot about party. that um, in the last episode as yeah, well. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's yeah, a lot right. of that. Um, and uh, one of the, the last questions on the social side is, uh, does hate speech equal free speech? Yeah. Um, yes, it, it actually does. Uh, and, and this is an easy one because everyone says, well, you know, it's my free speech. It's my free. Well, free speech does not come free <laughs> of, yeah, of repercussions free speech <laughs> but then at the same time even though it's free speech it can still be costly right yeah, because because like if you tell your wife she looks fat in that dress uh that's free speech guess what Ooh. guess what it might not even be hate speech you might just be hoping that uh she looks better when she goes out the fact is is that you are going to suffer immensely. all 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 sorts of consequences so um, free speech is pretty much all kinds of speech, even if you're on a whack job show and saying that you like Hitler. Um, that was just the other day. That's yeah, a fun one. Back to, and we're supposed to ignore him. Sorry. Um, but, <laughs> but yes, it, it is. I mean, you can say what you want to say, but just understand that when you do, um, look, you're going to get yourself in some trouble and, and that's going to come with it. So yeah, no period. The end. Yep. I was going to say, that one's pretty easy. Okay, so like I said, as we were having this conversation. You're getting more. I was yeah. getting more, So, I, and they are a lot, so we're going to have to kind of delineate here. Well, we might um, just have to do another episode. We could do it. <laughs> we can, I mean, it could be a two-parter. Yeah. Um, well, I'll say this also, though. I know one of the things that we had already had a discussion about is that uh, even though this is the end of the season, we are going to have uh, some bonus segments on the in-between before next season. One of them would lend itself to this uh, amazing person. We'll just call her Kay. Uh, because she wanted to have an alias. I don't know why, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, the first question that uh, she asks is, is human trafficking just about scary people in vans and Walmart parking lots and Liam Neeson beating people up? Yeah. Um, we're just going to save that for, yeah, I know it's, 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 it's probably a joke, but it's a serious <laughs> question. But no, I, I say it because it's a great setup because I know that <clears throat> our... Um, our bonus segments, uh, especially in the month of January, are actually going to be for Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So that's the reason why I allowed that question to be asked. I'm going to have to cuss her out about that later. <laughs> Just saying. I have uh, a particular set of skills. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah my, my wife's favorite I movie. I will find you. Is that's it? your wife's favorite movie? It's not. It's actually oh. her least favorite movie. I'm like. Like any that and any uh, Nicolas Cage action movie, she really can't stand. Um Okay. Yeah. I mean, some of them are fun, but yeah. Okay, no, that's no, fine. No, she really keeps All, right. That's right. All right, cool. Uh, next one. Uh, as a longtime volunteer leader, I'm really just reading these raw. I haven't had a chance to actually read them. Read I them. know. We haven't even vetted these. I know. See. This is so great. Okay. So, uh, Kay, if you're out there and you're listening, and I know you are, I will fight you, but I love you. That sounded a lot like Liam Neeson. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're out there, I will fight Kay, you. Kay, I have a very particular I will find skill. you. Okay, we're doing too much right now. All right. As a longtime <laughs> volunteer leader in the church and ministry space, I've seen burnout uh, take out so many good people. What are some practical ways you can stay healthy and sane 
for the long haul? I think our first question kind of answered that. Yeah, I think our first question definitely hit that. And our, our fourth question a little bit in talking about favoritism in the church and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, church hurt. Like, just know if you're going to get involved in any type of ministry at a very low level or at a high level, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's going to be periods where it's not great. And, yeah. and if you know that going in, expectations really help us navigate our life. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And I would just, uh, I'd, I'd pack that up with also saying this, though. Please don't forget about the power of the word no. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can be committed. And in your commitment, just remember that if you have to have or need to have some time away in some space, uh, feel free to do so. And if somebody gets really, really upset about that, that's not your fault. Then it probably just affirms your choice not to get involved. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Um, here's another one. Uh, it's tough out on those ministry streets. Okay. This is hilarious. You know, it's hard out here for a ministry. Stop it. Oh, Oh, damn it. Anyway, how can church members make our pastors and staff feel appreciated and loved? Well, you can make a checkout to, (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, use cash. It's easier. Um, Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. You You won't be tracked. You know, as easily. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, let me say, let me just say this real quick. Thank you goes a really, really long way. Oh, acknowledgement is so big and not acknowledgement, not blanket acknowledgement. When you are doing the whole after like a huge event or something, you're like, I just want to thank everybody. Like that doesn't do it. That yeah, doesn't like, no. for instance, if, uh, if your wife makes Thanksgiving dinner and at the table, you're like, I just want to thank everyone for eating the food like, and being here. Like, no, be specific. Be specific. Go out of your way with gratitude for people. Um, that it, you have no idea how much a word of kindness or praise can mean to people. Yep, absolutely, hundred percent. And um, also, I mean, you know, good old fashioned cards work too. Oh, that's really good because yeah. then people think you actually took the time, exactly. which you did. Exactly. Yep. You did. And so. gift cards. And again, you you can make the checks out too. Always about monetary. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, moving on with societal faith. Um, let me say, let me make sure I'm saying it right. Okay, cool. With societal faith in the institution of church at what seems to be an all time low. And frankly, the church showing up real poorly a lot of the time. Ooh, wow. Just don't, mm. don't pull no mm. punches now. Uh, what should we be doing to represent Jesus well in our social and social media spaces? Well, hot dang. Well, then ask that question, huh? Uh, stay out of them. <laughs> Stay out of I mean, the social that's, media that's spaces. That's your answer. Um, yeah, avoid the social media spaces. I think in your social spaces, like we talked about, get people to the table, have good faith conversations, um, build relationship with people. Um, I, I think we need to impact people on a personal level, uh, as opposed to just trying to get uh, whatever message is to the the masses as easily as possible. Cause I don't think that that really changes much. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say the same thing. I would also say though, I don't avoid cause here's a problem. This is why two, a one G really actually exists, right? Like, because so many people are quick to either cancel a portion of their life out or a portion of their whatever out and, and be comfortable in these silos. Yeah. And we are called to the discomfort of discipleship. And that's really what it is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to have, nobody has everything in common. 
like every single thing. Not one person in your world has the same thing in common. I, and it could be on a small right. scale, like, you know, y'all don't like the same food or mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. you're not the fans of the same football team or, or no, you might be on different political sides. But at the end of the day, what matters is that relationship wins. And the only way that relationship can win is if you are willing to have uncomfortable conversations. Now, where does that apply with this? In our social and social media spaces, usually this is where these things get shot to crap. Don't believe me? Sit at your Thanksgiving table like you did mm-hmm. with that one auntie. Mm-hmm. You already know. Um, and then, of course, in the social media spaces, now, actually, you don't see as much of the the stuff happening because by this time, your algorithm has had it so preset yeah. that you are now just dealing with people who have your same issue, your same thoughts, your same whatever's in mind. Or you're constantly getting the opposite, which is also true because people spend more time on stuff that triggers them. Yeah, that triggers them, yeah. And so, so if that's happening, then you're just, you're thinking the whole world must feel differently than you too. Exactly. So. <laughs> and and, and, and that, that's the point, right? Yeah. Because that's not the case. But right. the only way that you actually figure that out is to finally sit down and have a conversation with people and recognize or even I mean I was going back and forth with somebody I found out he's like a part of the Anglican church in England mm. uh, yesterday and we were going back and forth because because he thought I was and this is his words verbatim pussyfooting on something having to do with my old sect the United Methodist Church and I was like dog you don't know me um, but we ended up having a really good conversation in the end and we found a lot of common ground and then in that we were able to kind of expound upon our viewpoints and get an understanding. You talked about it earlier. It's not necessarily about agreeing in the end, but it is no. about understanding. And even in that, the understanding, we did actually agree on some stuff. And so that's what I'm saying. Like if you're not willing to do that, and so many people are just so they're so like hurt and they don't have a resilience ethic. Uh, they don't understand the the process of of developing poise and grit. Uh, they don't see that our Bible actually helps to produce that in us. Count it all, consider it pure joy when you when you do what? When you receive a bunny rabbit? No. Uh, when you endure <laughs> yeah. these harsh trials because they help to develop the character that makes us perfect in the end lacking nothing. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're not willing to subject yourself to that, then you got a problem. And yeah. we got a problem because mm-hmm. that means you're not going to really put in the, the work and, and make sure that you've taken the time to engage and 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 develop the effort to commit yourself to real relationship we'll saw, yeah. we'll say it that way because yeah. that's what happened in 2020 right yeah like so many people were friends some people said for 20 30 years yeah and then all of a sudden they started getting stuff from people about hey check out this thing and instead of being able to really get into their space to understand why and even in the end maybe disagree people just started cutting people off yeah it is a crying damn shame mm. when you've had close relationships, and I use air quotes on that, that turned into absolutely nothing because you really didn't take the time to invest in the entirety of the process, including those yeah. things that might not be you just, the most comfortable <laughs> you conversations. You just avoided, avoided, avoided. <sighs> I, I think also doing some, some prep work before you get into this stuff uh, in the sense that ask yourself, so we talked about uh, one of the, the key things that uh, Truth Over Tribe told us about, right? Where mm-hmm. they're like, hey, Ask someone, where are you on a scale of one to 10? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to understand real quick if it's even worth your time to go there, which will save a lot of heartache. Hey, 281G fam, this is Jordan. And I wanted to invite you to engage with us. And you can do so so far by one of two ways. The first is by good old fashioned email. The number two Americas, the number one God podcast at gmail.com. The other is our 281G conversation space you can find on FB. Engage, ask real questions, heck, 
Bleed if you are frustrated. It's all good. We can take it. We just want to support you. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, rate, review, all those other crazy things. Uh, but just help get the word out. Hey, thank you 2A1G family for your support and for continuing to make sure the truth reclaims the fringes. This podcast is sponsored by Real Relationship Talk, delivering inspirational and real relationship advice for your most intimate relationships. Got problems? Let's solve them, because real trials need real truths. From strong to struggling marriages, it's time to get in the game with marriage coach and podcast host Dana Shea. Listen to the Real Relationship Talk podcast at realrelationshiptalk.com or everywhere podcasts are played. But also think about why do I want to go there in the first place? Yeah. It, do I want to go there because I, genuinely, I, I want to genuinely understand what someone believes or do I want to go there because I want to change their mind? Like what is your expectation? What is your motivation behind why you're doing something? And I think if we did that early, we'd probably check ourselves a little bit like, Oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for my own self gain, I guess. Are you talking about being self aware? A little bit. Um, Everyone needs a little self awareness, just like everyone needs a little vanity. Because if you did, you wouldn't be at Walmart in no pajama bottom. Chill out, man. Come on. All I'm saying is that we sometimes we need to actually think (laughs) through some of the why. Yeah. (laughs) Because we just instinctually jump into these things, and you know, um, I think that that also were there more. There's one more. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because it, it brings then, us to that closing question. So yeah. yeah. Well, it's okay. funny because before we get to that clo- closing question, yeah. Kay, thank you because you really just decided you was going to take it all out there. <laughs> uh, next question. This is funny how she starts off. Practical ideas. Oh. Yeah. Practical ideas for how we can be engaging with Christian nationalism and racist Ooh. ideology with loved ones and uh, community members mm. of an older generation too. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Kay, you, you just want to start the fire she, on the second to last question? from my personal diary. Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably. She knows you well. <laughs> Never met you, but I guarantee yeah. she knows you well. Mm-hmm. Well, Kay. Um, got, go ahead, bro. Just let's, let's get this process started. This one, this one's fun. It, Ooh. so it is fun. And, I actually think that it couples nicely with how I was going to answer the last question. Um, So I'm going to mention the last question and then let's keep the two questions in mind. So the last question that that somebody sent us, which is a nice summary question is now what basically where do we go from here? Uh, They say, since, since you all have enlightened us, which I think is hilarious. um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Now, you know, now what are we supposed to do? Um, And so, I am constantly reminded of something from uh, a friend of mine who we probably need to have on the pod, Nigel Anderson, legend. I don't want to. No? Okay. Because he's, he's cooler than we are. Um, yeah. 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 I remember him. I asked a question in a, uh, in a, a race in America setting uh, at uh, a college setup, and I, I had asked him, hey, you know, what are we supposed to do with all these things that are going on in the world? And we want to just change the world. There's all these things we want to do. So you get quote unquote enlightened, right? You realize all these different things that are happening and you kind of want to solve all 50 problems at once. Right. He said, just pray about what your calling, what your responsibility is. What is it that God wants you to focus on? Not what is it that I want to focus on? And so when we're asking the questions, how do we approach the people uh, who are 
dabbling in Christian nationalism and dabbling in these things and the, and these, these hate speech things and kind of these, you know, ideologies that we know we don't want brothers and sisters literally and figuratively dealing with. Right. But what we need to ask ourselves is again, why do I want to engage in those conversations? Is it something because I want them to not think that way? Mm-hmm. Or is it because God is truly calling me to be a light in that darkness? Mm-hmm. And, and we need to, it goes all the way back to that very first question, right? How do I, how do I feel the Holy Spirit in a busy season? When we take on more things and more responsibility and try to tackle and solve more problems than we're equipped to or called to, it's not going to work out well for us or for others. And so I think a lot of this, and this is something I've really had to work through. A lot of this comes down to narrow focus and prioritize the things that we want to get ourselves involved in. And I think that that goes a long way to what's, you know, what now? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Ooh, boy. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack in, in these questions right here. Uh, number one, I would say that self-awareness is always going to be key. Um, if you are not self-aware, you are setting yourself up <laughs> for disaster. That's that's for sure. Yes, um, do self-assessments on a regular basis. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> 100%, indeed, above everything else, please, indeed, be self-aware. Now, I'm saying that because as I'm doing it, I'm trying to remember. I wanted to get this verbatim. Um, good God. Of course, it's in this moment that I can't remember this Bible verse. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Nope. I remember Jeremiah 17, nine is easy to remember. It's 10 that I was trying to pull up, um, because I don't know all the scripture like I would really like to. Yeah, I know it's whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this is one of the things that I remind myself of on a daily basis. Uh, and it might sound pragmatic and I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, but I always remember that when I wake up, the Bible tells me that my heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. And you know, who knows how bad it actually is. So that's nine. That's easy. Everybody knows nine. If you don't know nine, you should probably remind yourself of nine frequently. (laughs) Um, but it's 10. And this is why I say it sounds pragmatic, um, because it says, but the Lord, but I, the Lord, uh, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. And boy, I Mm. mean, if there isn't anything that's more sobering than that, um, especially when we are having these conversations, because the question that you ask specifically, Kay, (laughs) (laughs) um, when we talk about practical ideas for how we can engage uh, with Christian nationalism or with any type of old school or even new school racist ideologies, whether it's covert or overt, um, you know, I don't want to take it back to King again, but, you know, to, to recognize that he's the best broken record ever in this, in this arena specifically, yeah. um, we have to remind ourselves that the design and the desire in any instance, whether it's these two or whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses or Jews or Muslims or Hebrew Israelites or no matter who we're dealing with specifically, the end result is always to win that person over. It is not to, quote unquote, prove them wrong, although that's a part of the process of winning somebody over in many instances. Right. Um, But I think the bottom line in this is that no matter what you do, no matter how you feel, you must approach with what we would call a cautious love. 
um, a love that is very unconditional. It's going to have to be uh, because it's one of the things you realize is that these folks come from a different world. So they have they have their own code. They have their own, quote unquote, ethic, which is a very, very, very loose (laughs) (laughs) in some instances uh, way of saying it. But. But it's real, you know, and and the, in all of this, then they're also going to have their own what they're going to have their own set of morals, potentially, particularly or potentially their own standards, um, their own. I mean, you name it. Yeah. And so you cannot have them operate in your way of viewing things, your purview, your worldview, your faith. view. Right. Um, if you do, you're just setting yourself and them up for disaster. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very, very careful with how we approach them. Now, that being said especially when we're talking about even members of an older generation, um, because an older generation, the only quote unquote problem that they have is that their filter is very, very slowly leaving. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's, yeah. that's the best way to put it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they're going to say whatever they want to say. And I don't think that that's actually a problem because I think that that gives you license to say what you want to say. Well, and we talked about that recently that, that auth- authenticity mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. Because you, you can, like if you go to the doctor and you're kind of vague about what you're feeling, it's going to be hard to diagnose the underlying issue. But if someone's like, these are all the symptoms, like a lot of times our thought and our worldview, it has to be exposed through authenticity. People actually saying all these things. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and saying that is actually perfect because the inauthenticity of a thing is always going to be the piece that causes the greatest amount of heart heartache and disruption and and headache and everything else that goes along with it. Because if you think about it, I, I've had conversations with folks that will, I could probably deem Christian nationalists. I've had folks that are flat out racist. Um, I've had conversations with, and at the end of the day, I walk away from it. And I'm not saying that we're in in, in a super tight relationship or anything, um, but. I've been able to, not every single time, but I've been able to foster amounts of respect at the very least or begin to cultivate love Mm -hmm. with and for some of these individuals just because I did the one thing that you're usually not going to do in an instance when you're dealing with folks like these, which is I'm going to see them. You know what I'm saying? And that's that. I think that's the biggest piece in this. We have to work on like so. The, the last question, now what? Um, you know, where do we go from here? Action steps for the everyday Christian. Um, how do we begin repair? Is that possible? And the answer is, yeah, And but this is what I know. This is what our Bible shows us, is that the only reason that we are, we've been able to progress to where we are today as believers in our society from, from way back in the Old Testament times is because Christ, God, excuse me, but they're all the same, <laughs> Yeah. Um, even when, when it was chaos and, and there were wars happening all over the place and people's guts was being spilled out in the old Testament, you know, God met them where they were at. Yeah. And this is like, this is the narrative question for me. So from the old Testament to the new Testament, you know, how many wars do you see in the new Testament as, as, as compared to the old Testament? <laughs> and I know that you're dealing with 2000 years on this end, right? You're only dealing with a little over a hundred years on this end, but still like in a time where there probably could have been a whole lot of chaos, when Christ came, it changed the entire, it, it changed the entire, like everything. It changed the circumstances. It changed how people navigated. It changed even when they sent him to the cross, all of that stuff, you know, it wasn't the same anymore. And 
and that's the thing when 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 he came and he got into their world and he looked at them and they weren't the same anymore then they changed mm-hmm. and gradually they might continue to change mm-hmm. and it's because he saw them yeah and it's because in relationship they knew that he saw them mm-hmm. thank you jesus we are charged with doing the same exact thing with everybody right and eventually when they know that they are seen then they are potentially understood then they can be convicted of the fact that they do not want to understand the other and begin that process of changing as well. Right. And Jordan, let me ask you this, because this makes sense with what you were just talking about. Uh, when Christ was talking to people in his ministry, was he uh, meeting them in a place where he was saying, you are sinners, you are evil, you are this? It's not how he did it. Yes, that's what he did, precisely. <laughs> right. No. So my question to you, is in those situations where you said you have spoken with people who you know to be Christian nationalists. You've spoken to people who you know to be racist. Did those people believe that about themselves when you spoke to them? No, absolutely not. Of course not. They're not going to. And yeah. that that's the thing. When we come into those conversations or those, you know, interactions, whatever you want to call it, with people like that, we have to be careful about coming into those those spaces with us projecting onto them who we believe that they are, even if it's accurate, because it it will put us on that quote unquote kind of attack, right? Like we're, we're attacking this evil thing that, that we deem them to be. But in reality, they don't see themselves that way. And Christ didn't see us as being these evil, terrible things either. It doesn't mean that you just simply only see the good and you just ignore the bad. You, you have to take it all together. But that allows us kind of the proper perspective to maybe navigate that situation a little bit better. Um, because I know for me, like labeling people was, it has been something I've, I've tried to avoid more and more recently um, because it was really easy to do and just being, and, but it becomes an, an us versus them. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we want. If we truly want to change people and make an impact, we, we can't have an us versus them. Um, look, I, you know, I mean, it's the old joke that, uh, you know, the, the empire did nothing wrong. Like Mm -hmm. if you tell the story of star Wars from the perspective of Darth Vader, there's all these upstart rebels who are a pain in the neck trying to stop what they're trying to do to develop, you know, a, a modern empire and bring about, you know, civilization, uh, in the galaxy. Yeah. So both sides think they're justified in what they're doing and they might not even be aware of the different hats or <laughs> different different yeah, nah. different things that they're actually portraying or, or a part of no they're not and yeah. and that's the whole thing it's just the there's a righteousness attached to that all the time mm-hmm. at all times and it's um unfortunately it's very much driven by us now like it's just the pendulum swinging going back and forth and back and forth a lot of people want to blame that on the enemy i've had so many conversations with people who say the devil the devil the devil i'm like no jesus oh. it is not the devil it is you I roll. I roll and my eyes every time someone's like the enemy. This the enemy. Yeah. That it's I like mean, the, the enemy. enemy. The enemy was conquered. Let's be. Know? Let's be clear. The enemy <laughs> is. What do you? A millennialist or something? Um, but no. I mean, the enemy is, and 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 he has no power, but he is great at the art of trickery and deception and all these other things. But let's be clear, though. That doesn't mean he's moving in all of this. Right. He also understands the fickle nature of humanity. Right. And that we can take care of this. We're our own ourselves. enemy in exactly. a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And <laughs> so I think that, I don't know, I think the encouragement in this is this. Um, looking outside of the frustration, and the frustration is this. The frustration is everybody wants everything to happen on a magna level. You know what I'm saying? Like it's got to be meta. Like it's just got to permeate everybody all at once. Mag- magna. 
Not MAGA. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just no, checking. Chill yeah. out, dog. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely not that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the the thing that I think we're saying here in the now what question and the now what conversation is that it's the same thing we probably said the entire time, but now let us make sure that we're very clear in stating it. These things happen one conversation at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it's one or two people, maybe it's three or four people, but no, it's, it doesn't have to be this thing where just the transmission just goes over every single heart across the world or something like that. Like if that's the case, then then two or three good prayers would solve it. But I think also, though, that just the way that Christ came and had to go through the entire process, he didn't just come out the womb going pew, 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 saving the world. He had to go through everything that he learned as a child. He had to go through the process of learning scripture and being one who really was under those who taught it (laughs) about that. Then he also, you know, picked up uh, what his daddy did in in carpentry. Um, You know what I'm saying? He did all of these things before he finally hits the scene (laughs) to have three years worth of ministry. And I'm trying to tell everybody else, like, you know, this is one of those things where we have to go through the process. We got to go through all the processes so that we can finally get to whatever our stage is. And in that stage, we're going to have to do the same thing that he did. So Jesus was able to, you know, gather the masses. Mm-hmm. But he started by having these conversations one person at a time. Right. And he continued to have conversations one person at a time, whether it was come follow me or it was dealing with the woman at the well or if it was dealing with Zacchaeus or it was yeah. dealing with uh, Joseph of Arimathea or Nick at night, Nicodemus, you know what I'm saying? Like all of these cats. And he continued to do that. He didn't get to a point where he was like, it's not worth my time anymore. I've just got to continue to do this, this, and this. No, right. no. And so if that was Jesus, what do you think we got to do? Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He, he had to prepare for 30 years, basically, to, yeah. to get himself in that position. And I think that that's where we start, right? We Self-awareness is key. We need to, you know, the, the whole deconstruction, that's not just about your faith. That's a lot about just your your beliefs in general. We need to constantly be destructing or deconstructing and destructing well, in some cases destruction is <laughs> not bad uh, actually but right. uh, we need to be you know deconstructing and breaking down and really assessing uh, what it is we believe why we believe it because when we do that we'll, we'll gain a peace and an understanding that okay we are positioned in in what is is true and then generally speaking that can help us approach others um, because when you know, there's something about having a faith in Christ and knowing uh, that hopefully we're living in kind of that that truth, right? That we can be a little bit less combative, right? We don't need to be out here <laughs> fighting and fighting. I know I, I've yep. told, like I've told people in the past before, like if if you're working with somebody and they say something that's not true about you, why do you let that eat you up? If you know what the truth is. Who cares if they're spreading lies and well, right. but those lies could affect me. Okay, they could. But the fact is, is that means other people are just believing lies too. If you just hang on to truth, it can still give you peace. Even when the lies are causing stress and anxiety, like the, the truth part is going to give you peace. And yep. the only way we can do that is if we're constantly looking inward and then we're equipped now to start helping others and in, in going outward. Yep. Those supernatural energies, man. I keep trying to tell folks. You know, this is what it's all about in the end, because we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. We have to understand that his thoughts and ways are higher Mm -hmm. and we are supposed to seek him first, his kingdom and righteousness. And then all those things will be added unto us. What are those things? You know, that's that's that I think that's really what it boils down to. Um, 
I just, I love that with Jesus, we have a peace that transcends all understanding mm. uh, because if not, you know, I, I think about, uh, and I think this, I don't, I don't want to say this is a great place to, to, to shut her down, but I think about all the people who believe in Jesus today that suffer from more anxiety and deal with depression than ever before. And I just ask myself one question and it goes back to the first one, you know, because believe it or not, those things can be considered a busyness. And how do you follow the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in busy seasons? And I think that what it what it really boils down to is is the same question that I've and it's the same challenge that I make to my congregation. It's the same everything to everybody. How often are you studying scripture? How often are you spending time with God? Right. And it's it's really as simple as that. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have like torrential seasons. No. Does it mean that you're going to have that peace in every single situation? No. <laughs> but and and they're doing studies, man. Like nine times out of ten, even with uh, the the younger folks who are def- quote unquote defecting from the church, mm-hmm. they might be defecting from these churches, but they're not defecting from the faith. Is what they're finding out. And, right. And more importantly, right. what they're doing is they're realizing that even though they're not doing the same practices, mm-hmm. the same gatherings or worship worship services or whatever the case may be, that those who are experiencing life with Christ and actually studying scripture, staying in the word and doing whatever, unorthodox or orthodox, whatever, these these folks have much less anxiety and depression than everybody else in our society right now, right. which is a major statement. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that means that what we've known the entire time, which is that when you do have Christ in you and you do have the understanding of his word in your heart, then you are less likely to succumb to the same issues that the world is dealing with, you know? And yeah, Mm. hair in my mouth. Great. Mm. Cool. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's also, I think, you know, I want to encourage people because we keep hearing this, that there's, there's more mental health issues today. There's more anxiety, more depression today. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's empirically true. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the issue is is that it's, as society, we are willing to start uh, deconstructing some of our old beliefs. 50 years ago, it wasn't okay to say you were depressed. You right. kidding me? You weren't allowed yeah. to do it. Today you are. So it doesn't mean that there was less 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Um, we are not in unique... T- we always feel like we're in unique times or the most evil times or whatever. That, that's, <laughs> listen, it's not true. Nah. Um, we're just simply more aware. And I think the reason why we see a lot of young people leaving the church is because that's one thing the church has not done. The church has not deconstructed itself. The church has not done a self-assessment of itself. And the reason people are staying away from the church, but not necessarily staying away from the faith is because the church is unattractive because of how it presents itself. The church is not unattractive because God is unattractive. The church is unattractive because of how it has presented itself and how it continues to refuse to update or change or adjust. And, and that I think is, is the real problem. And instead of blaming Instead of churches blaming themselves, because who wants to do that? We just say, well, it's got to be everybody else's fault. <laughs> yeah. And no, that's that's the real pack down because yeah. the, the lack of accountability in the church is the reason why people don't want to go to the church. Yeah. Like, because who wants to be a part of that culture? No. Because it's shown us what it says. Oh, no, it can't be our fault. So it must be your fault. Right. 
And, and that, and that's true of all these different churches that we see failing mm-hmm. is it's usually this accountability and that is just lacking and people are getting eaten up because of it. And, and it's leaving destruction as 100%. opposed to deconstruction. There yep. we go. As I think right. about it, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that nobody actually asked the post hill wrong question. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's fairly self-explanatory, I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still, uh, dude, there's just so many layers and levels to unpack in that. I remember actually another friend was talking about how we needed to really more so address the, oh, yeah, we're definitely not going to do that here. No. Uh, I love you, Shereen. But, <laughs> but um, now address uh, all the issues with the actual sexual assaults. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know we didn't really do that that much as well. Uh, but hear me clearly, we definitely understand. And, and we'll say that that is a big part of the issue uh, with that. Uh, well, Man, yeah, yeah. This definitely became a two-parter. Yep. that's for darn sure. Yep. Uh, I had a funny feeling. Kind of thought it would. Yeah, yeah, yep, so. absolutely. But it's cool, uh, folks. Listen, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, um, we are definitely appreciative of just the ability to um, think that we are capable of providing this space for you, because uh, that's really what it's all about. And uh, I am. I'm excited because we are going to do some things. Like I said, we're going to take a little break, about a good month and a half or so, maybe two months. Um, and, uh, I desire that we will take, uh, a good two episode bonus period on the in-between, um, especially to take a look at, uh, human trafficking prevention awareness month. Um, so I'm excited cause I know we'll have a good friend of mine, the executive director of, uh, non <clears throat> an anti-human trafficking, uh, nonprofit that I'm on the board for come and, and have a conversation with us and actually a survivor a very powerful woman, like her story. She's she's diesel. I'll just leave that there. Uh, but we'll have so two conversations there, um, and then, like I said, hopefully we'll get we'll hit the ground running uh, during Black History Month. Uh, I got some ideas of, of who I want to have come in there, uh, and I think that'll be a real fun time. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I guess it's now time to bring this to a close for a season. Mm. And uh, Anything else you uh, you, you want to say there, there, Dev? No, we've said enough, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, because we've <laughs> talked a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. Cool. Uh, but again, folks, thank you guys so very much. Um, look alive in the in-between time. Feel free to go back and listen to other episodes. Uh, we are Our doors are open. We love having conversations. So if you want to talk to us, uh, got questions about anything else, don't hesitate. Um, some of you, I know you won't, and so we appreciate that. Um, but other than that, we're not going to talk to you guys again anytime soon. So I guess Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays are in order. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah happy yeah. Holidays. We'll do that. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, prayers for everyone. Just believe in the best. Uh, and especially in the conversation realm so that we can continue to do what we can to bring faith to the culture. And... Uh, that whole thing where I keep saying, of course, I would draw a blank right now again. Something about the fringes. Yeah, that's right. Making sure that uh, truth continues <laughs> to claim the fringes. Yes. Yeah, I need to eat. That's uh-huh. what needs to happen. Okay. Um, yeah, make sure the truth continues to claim, claim, reclaim the fringes. This has been the 2A1G Podcast. I'm Jordan. I'm Devin. And uh, yeah, just thank you for your grace. And then it's a nice little blabber session on the end. Uh, but we will holler at you soon. One love. Take care. Peace. <laughs> 2A1G Podcast is birthed by the Inspired One Enterprises. Executive and co-producers, Jordan Brown and Devin Chandler. Editing and engineering, Lauren Brown.